Welcome to Unpacking iOS. My name is Jonathan Wiley, and in this week's episode, it's all about iPadOS. There's a lot to talk about here, so let's start unpacking. If you've been an iPad user for any length of time, you probably already know that the software that runs on the iPad was originally designed to run on the iPhone. Apple just adapted it a little bit here and there to make it run better on a larger screen. However, that's beginning to change because the iPad is starting to carve out its own unique position in the market, and it's a different one from that of the iPhone. Now, Sure, Apple has added iPad-specific features in the past, but they've always fallen under the umbrella of iOS. This year is different. This year we get to experience iPad OS. It's still a modified version of iOS, but the name alone is giving people a lot of hope. Why? Well, it kind of suggests that Apple is finally committed to developing the iPad as a platform that is no longer dependent upon what happens to the iPhone. It's a standalone package like watchOS, tvOS, or macOS. And so with any luck, we won't have to wait two years until new features are added to the iPad. So it's coming in the fall. Here are the features I am most looking forward to in iPadOS. And the first of those is the new iPad home screen. This is like the first thing you will notice when you upgrade to iPad OS because the new layout on the home screen makes room for up to 30 app icons. And if you didn't count them all before, there was 20 before, so that's 10 more than in iOS 12. And it really makes better use of the iPad's large screen. This was something that always annoyed me personally, that those app icons were really too far spaced out and there was more room for more apps on the screen. We finally get that in iPadOS. You can also add widgets to the home screen. The Today view that was previously accessed from swiping from left to right on the home screen has been replaced by a column of customizable widgets that appear to the left of your app icons. So you've got widgets on the left-hand side and all your app icons over on the right-hand side. These widgets can give you quick snippets of information from your favorite apps or easy access to some system settings like battery life or screen time. You can reorder the widgets edit which ones appear there, and scroll through the whole list of all your widgets by swiping up and down. There's also improvements to multitasking. In iOS 11, Apple introduced a new multitasking system on the iPad. It revolved around drag-and-drop gestures and was based on two specific features called Split View and Slide Over. The first version of iPadOS builds on this and takes it to the next level. And that's what I really like about the way they've handled this. They haven't introduced a brand new multitasking system. They've just expanded the one that they already have. So, for instance, you can now have multiple apps in this slide overview and just stack them all up on top of each other like a pack of cards. And you can switch between them with a swipe kind of like you would on an iPhone X or a XS. You get an extra little home bar at the bottom to swipe through all your apps. You can also expand this view out so that you can see all the apps that you have in your slide over stack all at one time. 
Another multitasking improvement is the ability to have more than one instance of an app open at one time. This means you could have two documents open in split view, or Safari and Notes in one window, and Safari and Mail in a different window. And you can see all the instances of a particular app with a feature called App Exposé. It's activated by tapping on an icon in the dock to reveal all the pairings that a particular app is being used with. So I think this is a great feature that I'm hoping a lot of different apps will get to take advantage of so that you can have two notes open at one time, two Google Docs open at one time, and view them both uh, side by side on the same screen. The Files app also gets a big update in iPadOS. And this is something that for years Apple kind of resisted. They didn't really want to introduce a file structure on the iPad. They thought that complicated things and that the future of computing should have a much cleaner and less complicated view. However, they finally relented with the release of the Files app in iOS 11 and iPadOS breathes new life into that Files app on the iPad. It includes a new column view for browsing deep into nested folders, as well as a preview window that has quick actions like the ability to rotate an image, make a PDF of a document, or use markup tools. You can also use On My iPad to create folders for local storage. The Files app also allows you to plug in USB flash drive or an SD card reader or any kind of external storage to the iPad and that will show up as a drive that you can select and drag and drop files from inside the Files app. You can also connect to a server at work to access files remotely. And finally, iCloud Drive also supports shared folders now so that you can finally share a folder with somebody else in order to collaborate on a project. One of the biggest improvements in iPadOS is coming to the Safari browser. I'm a big fan of the Safari browser and I've maybe talked about that in the past. I've written an ebook on Safari web browser, which is going to have to be updated this summer, but it really got a big update in iPadOS. It now identifies itself to websites as Safari for Mac which means you're no longer forced to navigate to iPhone versions of websites like YouTube or Reddit. Safari is now a desktop class browser on the iPad. When you visit Google Docs and Squarespace and WordPress on iPadOS, you get the same experience that you get on a laptop, and it's automatically optimized for touch. Safari also gets a download manager. This means you can finally download files from the web to your iPad. Simply tap on the download link and files will automatically be saved to a folder in the Files app called Downloads. And you can change that if you want. You can customize where your downloads go, but it is great to finally be able to download files from the internet directly to the iPad. Scrolling is quicker in Safari because you can now grab the scroll bar and drag it up and down with one finger. This is great for scanning through a long article. And like other apps, Safari can now be used in multiple windows thanks to the multitasking features. There's also over 30 new keyboard shortcuts to help you navigate around the web. So if you connect your iPad to a Bluetooth keyboard or one of Apple's keyboards, all you need to do is press and hold the command key and you will see a list of all the shortcuts that you can use in Safari or in whatever app you are using. 
text editing also got a reasonably big upgrade in iPad OS, and that's going to please anybody who creates content on an iPad because it introduces new text editing features that will make it easier for you to get work done on an iPad. For instance, you can pick up the cursor and drag it anywhere you want now. Previously, this was kind of only possible by long pressing on the space bar so that you enter the keyboard touchpad mode and then mouse your way around to the right place that you need it. You can actually grab the cursor now and just fling it where you need it. You can select a word by double tapping on it. Three taps will select a sentence. Four taps in quick succession will select a paragraph. You can also select a block of text by dragging your finger over it, although that's probably going to take some practice. Selected text can be copied with a three-finger pinch and pasted by using a reverse three-finger pinch. You can also perform an undo gesture by swiping left with three fingers on the screen. These new text editing features will definitely take some getting used to, but I think once mastered, they should help speed up text editing workflows on the iPad. And speaking of text, there are keyboard changes in iPadOS too. The on-screen keyboard gets some useful additions in iPadOS. For instance, if you pinch on the keyboard with two fingers, you can shrink it down to a floating iPhone-sized keyboard. This mini keyboard can be moved anywhere on the screen, and it makes one-handed typing easier than ever. It's perfect for those quick edits where you don't want the pop-up screen to take up half the screen. You just want to make a quick edit so you can bring up the software keyboard, pinch it with two fingers, and it goes small where you can float it around anywhere on the screen. It supports the new quick path typing method. This swipe to type feature has been commonplace on Android phones for a number of years, like I said in the previous episode, but Apple's decided that it finally has a place on iOS too or in this case, iPadOS. It allows you to type by sliding your finger from one letter to another without removing your hand from the screen, and the iPad uses machine learning to predict the words you are trying to type. Last but not least for today is mouse support for the iPad. Now, this is kind of a controversial one, but there are a hardcore group of people, and I'm going to include myself in this group, who have been thinking for a while now, that if they had mouse support for the iPad, they would be able to get a whole lot done in a brand new way. So in iPad OS, it does arrive and we do get mouse support. However, it, it kind of comes in a format that you might not expect. iPad OS supports the addition of a Bluetooth or USB mouse, but this feature can only be enabled when you turn on assistive touch in the accessibility settings. So here's the deal. The feature was not designed for perhaps the average computer user that likes to use a mouse and a pointer to get things done. The cursor is larger than you might want. It's like a large circle with a dot in the middle and it may not behave like a mouse on your laptop, but it was made that way on purpose. Pointer support was included in iPadOS for those with mobility issues. For those who have difficulty integrating and interacting with the touch gestures on an iPad, because of a disability. However, if you want to try it and use it, you absolutely can. I saw a great quote from Sarah Hurlinger, Apple's Director of Global Accessibility Policy and Initiatives, and she said, accessibility features can benefit more than the original community that they were designed to support. 
And in my opinion, this is exactly how accessible devices should be designed. Touch input will always be Apple's primary method for how people interact with an iPad, but it's great to have additional options to think about using accessibility in different ways. I know I will use things like speak screen if I am trying to do two things at once and I want the iPad to read an email out to me or read an article to me while I'm not looking at the screen. I don't really need that accommodation because of disability that I have, but it's there and I can use it when I need it in the circumstances that I do need it. And the same, I think, is going to be true for me using the mouse on an iPad. There's going to be times when I'm at a desk and I connect my iPad to a large monitor where it's just going to be easier and simpler and more comfortable for me to navigate with a mouse. Now, there are other features coming to iPadOS. There's definitely ones I've not touched on here, but I think these are the big ones that you should be looking forward to. And of course, iPadOS also inherits all the great features that were announced for iOS devices in iOS 13. So dark mode, the redesigned photos app, Memoji stickers, the new reminders app, and all those other features that we talked about in the last episode, these are coming to iPadOS too. And so I think this makes the latest software update for iPads one of the biggest that they've ever done. And because it's the biggest update that they've ever done for the iPad, I will be sure to include a link to the article I wrote on iPad OS, just so that you can go back and review all these features step by step. I know there was a lot in this episode, a lot of details, a lot of things that you might want to try and remember. So all of those are in written form and can be accessed from the show notes in the podcast player of your choice or by going to unpackingios.com. 